Good morning, friends. It's Dick again. Good to be with you. <clears throat> Today I have, uh, I need to fill you in on a background uh, of a girl who came to live with us. And uh, through her, God did so much, showed us so much. A uh, very key part of when we were in Riggerwood. A greenwood. I keep getting mixed up. <clears throat> but let me begin. <clears throat> First of all, uh, the same lady from the church that wanted me to meet her uh, son, who was a policeman in Greenwood. That same lady uh, we were close to. And anyway, she called us one day and said, "My granddaughter has come to." Uh, to live with me, but I'm not able to really take care of her. She has needs that I can't, I can't meet. <clears throat> uh, Teresa was about 20 years old. Uh, she had a son who was about four years old, but the son lived with the, the grandmother of the, uh, or the mother of the father of the child. Uh, she had been on LSD for years, a chain smoker, and now was trying to go um, without drugs. <clears throat> and she couldn't be at her home in Columbia <clears throat> because, first of all, it was an ungodly home. The mother was uh, had serious emotional problems. There were, she had two younger brothers, and the father didn't want her in the home. She was afraid, he was afraid that she would influence the kids, the younger kids. So the only place <clears throat> when she was trying to straighten up that she could go was to her grandmother's. But to be honest, she was, you know, an adult woman, but her, at times she acted more like a 12-year-old. I remember Rick one time saying, Dad, what's wrong with her? <clears throat> the kids liked her. Uh, but anyway, the grandmother said, would you all take her? We talked about it, we prayed, and we decided we would. <clears throat> we didn't, I don't know where she slept at first, but as um, soon as she got there, we started fixing up a room in the basement. Uh, it was... Uh, I remember somebody helping me with put paneling on the wall in this little room and made a nice little bedroom. Um, it wasn't perfect, but after some of the places she'd lived um, while she was on drugs, uh, it was uh, it was wonderful. <clears throat> so she would she would eat with us, and uh, for the for a long time she just. Uh, stayed with us. I mean, enough to say a long time. For three or four weeks um, after she came, we it was more like an adjustment. She didn't know us. She was nervous. She would wring her hands, or she she had been a chain smoker, and she was getting over that too. And um, she was a mess. I mean, she was really a mess. But God had given us <clears throat> a word, and I, I want to read it. It, uh, it was from uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 
uh, verse 1 through 3, and then uh, 4 and 5. But um, I, the way I'm going to read it is we, we adjusted it just kind of to fit her. <clears throat> so let me read it like we we felt the Lord was saying. Teresa, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And that's the way she had been. But then verse 4 starts with, But God, I love that, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved you, Teresa, even when you were dead in your trespasses, is going to make you alive together with Christ. By grace you will be saved. That was the way we saw those verses for her. By grace she was going to be saved. Now she had grown up, <clears throat> I think her parents went to a Methodist church some uh, so she knew a little bit about the Lord, and her grandmother was a strong believer, but she personally did not know the Lord, and she didn't really know much about his ways. So, <clears throat> uh, she, as I said, came to live with us. In those, um, it was sometime in uh, early uh, 1976. I was beginning my last semester of seminary. <clears throat> this one story now. Uh, I was studying one night. It was probably about 12 o'clock. <clears throat> and uh, she comes out from the basement. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And the way our house was, you could go from the dining room uh, into the living room, around the living room, into the kitchen, and into the dining room. And she just kept going around and around. I was following her, trying to, I mean, she was almost running. <clears throat> and I said, Teresa, what's wrong? She said, something's wrong, something's wrong. And she grabbed the phone. Our phone was on the... Uh, one of those wall phones, if you remember those things, in the kitchen. She grabbed it, and before I could even stop her, she called her daddy in Columbia. And this was like 12, a little after 12 at night, <clears throat> and said, is something wrong there? And he said, no, go back to bed. Um, not very nice, which kind of can understand. So I finally got it to sit on the couch in the living room. And I sat across from her. And I was trying to, she was wringing her hands, almost hurting herself. And she had, in the past, done things to hurt herself, too. That was another one of her problems. <clears throat> 
So I said, Teresa, and while she was sitting there, there was a picture over on the back, up on the wall behind the couch of a, of a pastoral scene. Actually, I still have that. It's in the, in the house next door to where our office is. And uh, it had shiny glass. We saw it someplace, bought it cheap, but it, we really liked the scene. <clears throat> and uh, while I was talking to her, I saw the reflection of a dark object without particular form passed by, behind me uh, and reflected off the picture. Uh, it frightened me, to be honest, but I instantly saw she didn't see it. It was it was it was demonic, <clears throat> and from where she had been, it wasn't. We weren't surprised to know that that demonic forces were still after her. She was uh, she had been in bad places. <clears throat> So I saw this form, and I realized she didn't see it, but I knew it was present. So I began to talk about the blood of Jesus protecting us. I even sung um, <laughs> some songs about the blood of Jesus. And I don't sing well, as many of you know. <clears throat> but as I did that, as I started talking about the blood of Jesus protecting us, and and asking the blood of Jesus, the power of God to be over her and protect her, protect us. She just began to to relax. And as I continued doing this, I got to, I had the Bible, I read some scriptures. Within about five minutes she went sound asleep on the couch. <clears throat> I put a blanket over her and she slept there the rest of the night. We knew that we, we were going to have um, a lot of battles, not with her, but for her, and for her coming to Christ and getting free of drugs. She, was, she never took any drugs in our home uh, after that time. She never did, but uh, after having been an addict, and you can see where she even shot things in her arm um, we knew that we had work to do as if we didn't have anything else to do um, but it was going to be a wonderful time with her we still talk about her think about her uh, but I've got a lot more stories to tell you uh, how God used her really to help train us <laughs> We we ended up helping her, obviously, but she also was what God used to further our education uh, in Greenwood, South Carolina. God bless you. Have a great day. Love you guys. Uh,